0: million organizations collect, use, and disclose the personal information of individuals in BC. These can be one-person operations to small businesses to large corporations. Under BC privacy law, organizations must protect and secure personal information. They also must provide individuals with access to their own personal information when requested. Okay, okay, this all sounds a bit dry, doesn't it? Well that's why we're trying something just a little bit different. The podcast you are about to listen to is fictional, but the concept is based on real files we see in our office. It is part of our Privacy Rights series with videos, webinars, and podcasts to help small businesses understand BC privacy laws. This is Down the Rabbit Hole. Today we are going to take a close look at some of the technologies being used by businesses when they recruit new employees. A few months ago I talked to Ben, who was looking for work last year. He found out that a company he applied to used web scraping and social media background checks and that it may have cost him his dream job. I first met Ben through an acquaintance when I was doing research on a story about big companies taking over smaller companies simply for the smaller companies' resources. You know, client lists, stock, etc. Is this Ben?
1: Hey, yeah. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. But more important, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, it's been really rough, but I think things are finally getting better.
0: This is Ben. Ben is in his mid-forties, about five foot ten. His dark brown hair is cut close to his head. (laughs) To keep it from getting too wavy, he says. And his hands are rough from years of working with tiles. Ben lives in northern BC with his wife and two daughters, and their dog Ralph. As I talk to him on the phone, I can hear the girls playing with Ralph and giggling uncontrollably in the background. Ben has had a rough few years. As he was laid off from his last job when the tiling supply company he worked for was sold to a bigger corporation. He'd worked for the company for almost 20 years since he was in his mid-20s. The corporation decided that it would make more money by shutting down the location where Ben worked, merged with another location on the Lower Mainland. When the acquisition happened, what did you do? Were they willing to relocate you?
1: No, you know how it is. Uh, basically, they bought us out for our stock and client lists, but already have their own employees. So I was left high and dry. And I've got a family to feed, you know?
0: So what did you do?
1: Uh, I started looking for jobs. But you know, it's hard up here, and the work I do is pretty specialized. So it's not like there are jobs popping up all over the place.
0: So Ben started to look for work. At first, he held out hope that he could continue to work in his industry. But the jobs just weren't there. Or if they were, they were highly sought after. And then it finally happened. A new tiling company was opening up in the next town over, and they were looking for an experienced manager.
1: I'm reading the posting, and I'm like, this is me. This job description describes me perfectly. I can totally do this. So you applied? Oh, yeah. In a way, this was kind of my dream job, you know? At my last job, I had to work my way up over 20 years. I started out as the young kid who had to learn the tricks of the trade. Eventually, I worked my way up to manager and it was great. But there were still people around who saw me as the 25-year-old kid, you know? So, first uh, fresh start at this point didn't sound so bad. And I was a good worker, so I knew they would be lucky to have me. I had everything they were looking for and I was respected in the industry.
0: Okay, so you applied Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I had been applying for a lot of jobs since I was laid off, but this one was weird. As part of the application, they made me fill out a behavioral questionnaire.
0: Wait a sec. What do you mean, behavioral questionnaire? That sounds really strange.
1: Yeah. It was, and I still don't understand how I was supposed to tell them if I would be a good manager or not.
0: Okay, so what kind of questions were on this questionnaire?
1: Uh, psych stuff you know, uh, whether I feel relaxed most of the time, or whether I make my bed first thing in the morning. Well, I'll tell you, right now, no, I don't feel relaxed most of the time, because I'm unemployed, and trying to figure out how to feed my family, and then I go into a bit of a spin, you know, because I want to answer honestly, but what if the fact that I'm not relaxed right now means that they reject my application, and then I think, yeah, but if I answer how I think they want me to answer, then... Maybe they will think I'm answering that way just to please them and reject my application because I'm not being honest and on and on, so I I really don't see the point.
0: And do they ever tell you how they're using the questionnaire as part of this application?
1: No, they just list it as part of the application process. Like, they have the information about the position and get you to submit a cover letter, resume, and complete the online questionnaire, but that's it.
0: Okay, let's pause here. We'll return to Ben in a moment. After I first talked to Ben, I thought, is this kind of thing even legal? Can a company actually require you to fill out a behavioral questionnaire when you apply for a job? Well, I did my research and I learned that BC has a privacy law called the Personal Information Protection Act, or PIPA. It applies to every private sector organization, big or small, that handles the personal information of British Columbians. Among other things, PIPA actually gives you the right to know how your information is used to make a decision. So now, let's get back to Ben. A little bit of time has passed, and I've checked in with him a few weeks later, after he submitted his application for the manager position. He filled up the questionnaire, being completely honest. But he was nervous.
1: So my application is in, and I'm just waiting to hear back. Yeah, but I have to tell you, I'm freaking out about that questionnaire. Uh, How can they tell what kind of employee I'll be based on this test?
0: That was a very good question, and one that had been bothering me as well. So I sought out a psychology professor to get her take on how this could affect an application. Dr. Sue, thanks so much for taking my call. No problem. Happy to help. Well, I have an interesting case for you, and I'm hoping you can give some insight. Have you ever heard of behavioral questionnaires being used for employment purposes? There's a company in northern BC that is using a behavioral questionnaire as part of their application process, and it sparked concern from an applicant. That's interesting. You know,
1: I have heard of behavioral questionnaires being used to screen for tenants, especially as BC's rental market is so hot. I have concerns with that practice, and I wouldn't be comfortable with a decision being made about me based on a score from a behavioral test.
0: Oh, okay. Well, what sort of concerns do you have? Well, behavioral questionnaires solicit answers
1: that are subjective. I wouldn't want to make a decision on employment based on someone's response to questions like, do you think about the needy or do you get upset easily? The concern is that this sort of task could have the potential to result in decisions that discriminate, based on things such as culture, language, or mental health. Oh, wow, okay, that really doesn't sound good. No, I would really caution against the use of these questionnaires with these kinds of questions to make a decision for something as important as employment.
0: Okay, so after talking with Dr. Sue, it seems like there's a lot to consider here. I'm a bit concerned about this behavioral questionnaire and why it is being used as part of a job application process. There are definitely some privacy issues here. I've learned that PIPA is based on two main principles, consent and reasonableness. Private organizations almost always need to get your consent before they collect, use, or disclose your personal information. And there's another requirement. Consent isn't enough. Anything a company does also has to be reasonable. So an organization can't take advantage of a power imbalance to make people consent to something that's not actually fair. More on this later. First, I want to check back in with Ben to see how his application process is going. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Have you heard about the job?
1: Well, you're not going to believe it. I actually can't even wrap my head around this right now.
0: Okay, take me through what's going on. What happened?
1: Uh, So, I submit my resume, cover letter, and that behavioral questionnaire, and then I don't hear anything for weeks. Which is really odd, you know, because they said they were looking for someone as soon as possible. So I had kind of expected the whole process to move quickly.
0: But it didn't. And now weeks have gone by and you haven't heard anything?
1: Right. So then one day I'm at the grocery store and I see one of my buddies that I used to work with. And we're chatting while picking out some bacon and he says to me that he has some exciting news. <laughs> Man, I still, can't I still can't even believe it as I'm telling you this. Well, what was his news? He tells me he has this new job. I just found out yesterday, he's the new manager for that tiling company. And of course I tell him, hey, man, I'm so happy for you, but inside I'm just dying.
0: Oh, Ben, I'm so sorry.
1: Like, here's the kicker. He says to me, he's like, you know, I almost didn't apply because I assumed you would be going for the job and you'd get it. You know, everyone thought that you'd be perfect for the job. And then he asked me why I didn't apply. What did you say to that? I, I couldn't, you know... I made up an excuse and just left. you know I was devastated. And so I call up the tiling company and ask if they had received my application for the manager position. They say, yeah, they received it and that my application looked good, but I wasn't screened in because of some issues were flagged on my application.
0: That sounds really
1: weird. Yeah, I thought so too. But... You know, before they do interviews, they run your information and do this whole search of the internet to find out information about you. And they say they do this with any candidate they're interested in before scheduling an interview, in case there are any flags that come up.
0: Wait, did you know they were going to do this? And did they tell you how it works?
1: Sort of. But I wasn't told about it. They said they checked various databases online for information about you. Credit reports, criminal record checks, motor vehicle records, court records, social media posts, etc.
0: That seems like a lot of information.
1: (sighs) Yeah, it is. So I asked them why my application didn't go forward. And they said they got a red flag when my report came back.
0: What kind of red flag?
1: Apparently, there were some posts on my Facebook page they were concerned with. And now this is where I get really frustrated because as soon as he says this, I know what happened. What was the issue? A few years ago, my profile was hacked. Someone copied my profile, so uh, profile pic, uh, basic information, all that, and, and tried to act as if they were me. But they kept posting these really awful posts, you know, really racist and uh, obscene things. The problem was, it took me a while to realize that they were able to add most of my friends to their profile. Because my friends thought it was me. I guess it happens all the time, but I had no idea. Wow, what did you do about that? I didn't really know what I could do. Except tell my friends it wasn't me and that they should unfriend him. It was a pretty crazy time in my life. My wife was going through some medical stuff, so I really didn't have the time to try and fight whoever it was that had copied my profile. And eventually it died down. Yeah, you know, my friends unfriended them, so I guess I figured it was over. No harm done, really. And I eventually decided I wasn't into the whole social media thing after a while, so I ended up deleting my page anyway.
0: Interesting. So what does this have to do with the screening application?
1: Well, apparently this person still has my profile up even though they haven't posted anything for a while. And I had no idea, so the scan found that profile and all the awful posts this person had put up and associated it with my name. And the tiling company decided uh, they didn't want someone working for them who would do that, uh, as it didn't match the values of their company. Oh, no. Yeah, of course I don't have those values either. It wasn't me. But based on that, they took me out of the running and didn't even want to interview me.
0: What did they say when they found this out?
1: They were really sorry. But what can they do? You know, they can't go back and not hire the other guy. And now it's up to me to contact Facebook and try to get them to take down the fake profile of me.
0: Wow, Ben, I, I don't know what to say. Other than I'm really sorry. This is pretty devastating for Ben. So I needed to do some more research into how all this works. I reached out to someone who knows about the stuff as it all sounds just a bit too complicated for me. Katie doesn't work for the company that Ben applied to, but she does work for a company that has similar practices. She was kind enough to take some time to explain to me how all of this works. Katie, thanks so much for taking my call. Hello, you're welcome. I hope I can help. So, I have an interesting story for you. I've been talking to Ben up in northern BC. He applied for a job, and aside from his resume and cover letter, they also asked him to complete a behavioral questionnaire. They didn't give any detail about what they do with the questionnaire. Also, they apparently collected information about him from the web. You know, Google results, online directories, social media interactions, things like that. I'm hoping you can tell me how this technology works. So what you're talking about is called web scraping. It's essentially scraping information posted online, usually into a database, for analysis later. Web scraping can be done manually, but there's also software out there that can do this kind of thing. Sounds like it would take a lot of time for a person to do this manually. Is the software expensive? No, actually, the upfront costs are low and the software is easy to use. The costs come after when you go to analyze the data. If you're a small company screening employees, you're probably paying someone to review the scraped material. If you're a bigger company, you might use an algorithm. Is there an issue of accuracy? In Ben's case, they actually grabbed the wrong profile. So the reason they used not to interview him was based on false information. Yeah, that can be a problem for sure. There's a lot of people who share the same name, use pseudonyms, or impersonate others. So there's no way to know if you have the right person for sure, unless you can get the person to verify it. Well, yeah, and we all know that what's on the internet might not be the most accurate information either. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Thanks, Katie. I really appreciate this. My conversation with Katie left me with more questions than answers. The first was the obvious question of if this web scraping thing is even legal for employment purposes, and if organizations are allowed to search people's social media profiles. So I decided to reach out to the Office of the Information and Privacy Commissioner for B.C. to see if I could get some clarity.
2: The Office of the Information and Privacy Commissioner. Hi. I'm
0: doing some research and I'm really hoping you can help me out.
2: Yeah, sure we can. What's going on?
0: Well, I'm hoping to get some information about how much information potential employers can collect when hiring new employees.
2: Ah, uh, okay, yes. I'm assuming you mean, like, job applications and such?
0: That's... And also what information potential employers can collect outside of what an applicant submits to a job posting. So, social media and Google searches, that sort of thing.
2: Yes, of course. Over the years, we've seen the idea of doing a social media background check is appealing to many employers. They tend to be quicker and easier than other types of background checks. It may seem like a good way to view a candidate from a more personal level. However, there are many privacy issues with this. The first is accuracy. Public bodies and organizations are required to make sure the information they collect is accurate. I bet you can only imagine how this can be an issue when it comes to social media. For example, you might look up a name of an applicant and make a guess as to which profile matches that name. You may actually get the wrong account. There are also the concern that the profile may contain mislabeled photos or out-of-date information.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't really think about that.
2: The other issue is the vast amount of information that a potential employer would be able to collect when viewing a social media profile. Privacy laws actually limit the amount of personal information that an organization can collect to the amount a reasonable person would consider appropriate in the circumstances.
0: So what does that mean? Is there a test or a threshold to determine what a reasonable person would think?
2: That is a great question. There is a reasonable person test that can help you determine what a reasonable person would consider appropriate in the circumstances. That
0: makes sense. What sort of questions are on this test?
2: Well, the point of the test is to determine whether the personal information you want to collect matches the reason you want to collect it. Basically, you ask a series of questions about the personal information you want to collect before you actually collect it. So some questions might include, why do you need to collect the personal information? How will it be used? What types of personal information are needed to fulfill the purpose? Is the personal information sensitive? If so, can you collect less sensitive personal information instead? How likely will the personal information be useful and effective to achieve the purpose? How much personal information is actually needed to meet the purpose? And how will the personal information be collected? The main point of this test is to make sure any collected personal information meets the purpose for collection while minimizing how much personal information is collected.
0: Well, that's a good start, but it seems like it's open to interpretation.
2: And it is. Ultimately, I would say if you're concerned about how much or the types of information being collected about you, and talking to the organization directly hasn't gone anywhere, you can complain to our office.
0: Now, another question I have is whether an organization needs consent to do these online background checks. The argument being, if the information is publicly available, isn't it fair game?
2: So PIPA, in most cases, requires consent, but one area where you don't need consent is to establish, maintain, or terminate an employment relationship.
0: Wait, you're saying that an employer can collect anything about you without your consent? No, no, not
2: at all. Under PIPA, even if consent isn't required, the collection of personal information still has to be reasonable and still have to be, you still have to be notified about the purpose for a collection. Our office has determined that it's not reasonable to collect personal information from an employee or potential employee's social media activity. Another thing I should mention is that organizations need to be aware of the personal information of others that could be collected during these checks. What do you mean? Well, your Facebook profile contains the personal information of others as well as your own, right?
0: You mean pictures of other people, their posts and comments, etc?
2: Exactly. Well, does the organization have the consent of those individuals to collect their personal information? They would need it because they're not forming an employment relationship with that person. They probably don't get the consent from those third parties, so there are a number of issues around this.
0: Thank you so much for this information. It's really helpful. My pleasure. Okay, so there's nothing Ben can do. The job has been given to someone else. But maybe there's some other recourse available. Obviously, this sort of thing should not be happening. So in this case, it sounds like the organization took a bit of a misstep when it didn't notify Ben or verify the accuracy of additional information they received about him. Speaking with the commissioner's office, it sounds like he can make a complaint to them. Maybe he can help stop this kind of thing from happening to someone else. Let's check back in and see how he's doing now. Ben, how's it going? I know it's been a bit since we talked, but I just wanted to check in with you.
1: Uh, You know, things are starting to look up.
0: That's great to hear. What's happened since we last talked?
1: Uh, Well, uh, the first thing I did was contact Facebook and report the fake profile. Uh, Even though I don't have my own social media account anymore, I I realize how important it is to protect my own online identity. Uh, But the big news is that I found another job. It's not exactly what I wanted, basically a step down but it'll pay the bills at least
0: and that's great news yeah it's a
1: relief Uh, but the real good news is that the company realized how inaccurate the web scraping can be for employment screening Uh, so they've decided they won't use it for future competitions uh i think it was a wake-up call that they needed to make sure any information they collect about someone must be uh, accurate and should be where possible derived you know straight from the person whose information it is. That's really hard to do when companies use these type of technology and methods.
0: As you just heard, our story has a happy ending. But this is an issue that should be taken seriously and can have major implications for individuals. Thanks for listening. The Privacy Right podcast is produced by the Office of the Information and Privacy Commissioner for British Columbia. Voice talents for this podcast include
1: Brian Quakenbush,
0: Erica Sirotek, Oline Twiss,
2: Trevor Presley,
0: and I'm Michelle Mitchell. Stay tuned for more Privacy Right podcast videos and webinars from the office on various topics dealing with small businesses and the Personal Information Protection Act. If you have any questions or concerns, we are here to help. You can call our office at 250-387-5629, or send us an email at info at oipc.bc.ca. Make sure to check out our website, oipc.bc.ca, for guidance documents and more on access to information and privacy in British Columbia. Until next time.